Hello, everybody. Welcome to today, and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie, and I talk to heroes about what excites them, and we also talk about the supernatural. This week's hero is Weird Paul. Weird Paul is one of the most prolific artists I can think of. He's spent the last four years, at least, making and creating art and music. I'm a huge fan of Weird Paul. We got to meet him on tour with L7 four years ago, and he has such star power, it's incredible to be in his presence. Please go follow him on every social media place you can possibly follow someone. And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Weird Paul. Hi, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, I just uh, wanted to let you know that this is a Heroes podcast. Uh, and we talked to heroes about just, yeah, what, how they became the heroes that they are. And so, you know, and also I feel like these times are a little bit hard and people are feeling a little bit lonely. And I feel like you in particular, your gift that you give to the world that is you, um, seems to be like an ax that can combat loneliness and seems like you found a way to connect um, before other people knew that connecting was important, I think. And I would just like to talk to you about all of that. Um, Can you tell everybody who you are and where you are, I guess is a good way to start. Uh, I'm Weird Paul and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, I guess I'm known for being a music, according to Wikipedia, Known for being a musician and uh, a vlogger. And uh, now I guess I'm also a social media influencer to some cool. degree. And, That's awesome. Uh, and I, I'm an archivist and collector. That's, those are the things I'm into. That's so cool. Archiving and collecting. And it seems like you archive and collect moments of time. Um, yeah. Which I think people, I'm a person from the, like people that were alive in the 80s like kind of know that that isn't like, it wasn't common to document time, um, right. which is, is a weird concept that has been tripping me out lately. I'm just like, you know, it's like everyone is documenting time with their phones and like the way that we communicate now with texting, you even can like, like someone's text so that they know you got it. Like that was really confusing at first when I saw that it said so-and-so <laughs> liked your liked the thing that i wrote I was like, yeah Wait a did they like, write that i thought it was a joke at first that they had written that oh yeah <laughs> yeah well it's really weird because it's like before we just had telephones that lived at our house and when yeah. we went out we didn't communicate with anyone except the people we saw and then we'd go home and some of us had answering machines and some of us didn't like i didn't have an answering machine at mm-hmm. some points in my life and just i think it's really hard for people to remember or for people that weren't there in the world then to understand um yeah. that just that concept of being alone in the world and then you being a person that documented time alone was not something that was you know totally uh it wasn't it wasn't totally normal and like I can say for myself, I guess, is that I used to bring a camera everywhere I went, like a 35 millimeter camera everywhere I went, like uh, to school everywhere. And I 
documented uh, visually stuff, but not video and all the stuff you did. And you're just so prolific. Can you like talk about the beginning of, of becoming such a prolific artist in all media? <laughs> Like, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just doing what I, I was just doing what I thought was interesting and fun. Yeah. I started doing that. I didn't have any kind of um, real motivation for it to be something that would last for the future necessarily. I mean, I definitely wanted to start making mo videos and movies because I had seen that other people had gotten theirs on television. And I thought that was really cool that like just normal people out in the world could have something they made on TV. And I thought maybe that that would be cool if I could do that too, even though I never really had like any real chance to actually get it to like a TV station or have it looked at or anything, um, you know, but I still wanted to, to do that. It was, it was, it was really interesting to me to, to be able to do that. And it was something to, to look look on back on. I didn't really have any friends at the time or anything, so you know it was mostly just for my family yeah. and me. But it was also a way that I could go back. You know, a couple of years later, I go back and say, "Oh, look, we made this video two years ago today, or whatever." It was already like historical to me, right? You know, even a couple of years after I did it, I, I was already saying because when you're a teenager, things change really fast. Yeah, you know, you're like. You go through phases, you know, you're maturing, things you like change. And so you, it, it's already, if you go back when you're like 16 and watch something you, you film when you were 14, it's already like really kind of alien already. Right. So but like a different person almost. It's know, a to already. totally, I totally agree with you. I just, I yeah. think it's cool to have the foresight to record stuff and then later on go back and visit it because i think a lot of people don't do that and now i think people do just because it's so accessible oh but, yeah you know but it's like if if one had to carry a video camera that was separate from their phone i think most people wouldn't you know um so it's so cool that you did do that um and also the idea of like i think it's a tool for connecting like um uh, at least for me, I like the idea of you're um, documenting, you're not total, you're participating in a safe way, kind of, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yes. where you're outside of it and uh, it, do you know, what, like, is that a part for you where you, like, cause you're saying you didn't have too many friends. Was it a way to feel connected? In a way, I guess. I mean, for me, what it was, initially i think is that i was really it was like fandom what they would call now fandom because oh, okay. i would see a movie i really liked and i would try to like make my own version of it or if there was a song i really liked on the radio i couldn't you know i couldn't i didn't really have any money when i was growing up so i couldn't like go out and buy records much or or go to concerts or anything like that so if i if i taped a song off the radio i really liked i feel like i kind of took a little bit of ownership of it as a wow. fan by filming myself lip syncing to it because I did that every day and then I I felt like 
you know, I, I like the song and that made me feel like the song was more part of, of you know, my life. That's so cool. So then I okay. could watch it back. You know. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. So is that like, what was the beginning? Like, did you get a video camera or like, did you start off by lip syncing or what was what was the origin of your uh, documentation? Well, I started talking in a tape recorder so when I was, you know, still pretty young. My dad used to like getting like all the new tech stuff. We didn't have a lot of money, but that was like one thing that he would like save up and look for like a good sale or something. So oh, that he cool. Buy something. So he got an eight track tape recorder when I was probably, I think I was six. Oh, and cool. so he was, he would record us talking into this eight track tape recorder. And then I would listen back to it. And I'd say, oh, that's really cool. You know, because then a month later I could listen to it again. I'd say, oh, I remember saying that. <laughs> after a couple of years he got a cassette recorder like you know regular audio cassettes yeah. and i started using that all the time and i still have all the tapes i started talking into the tapes probably i think like very early 1979 cool. so i still have all these tapes from back then between 79 and 84 i have all these audio tapes of me talking i was doing like my own little skits and tv shows and singing and writing songs and all this kind of stuff and then in 84 we got, we got the video camera and my dad didn't want me to touch it it was supposed, <laughs> yeah. supposed to be not something that I used yeah but yeah he, but he uh you know didn't really have the understanding that that was that's what my life was supposed to right hail I was supposed to move I was supposed to evolve from just using the audio to moving on to having the video right. too and yeah. so I just picked it up all the time, you know, yeah. whenever I wanted to use it, I just picked it up and started filming. He was a little bit, you know, pressuring me not to touch it for, you know, the first day or so. But after that, he just gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it was just on my hand all the time. So. That's so cool. Yeah, I I watched the your movie, uh, the movie about you, um, your documentary, and it said that you're just like, this is your destiny. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if you could, um, like describe what that feels like. Cause I think like for me, it's like, people are like, cause of the pandemic and stuff, they're like, Oh, just like, you could get another, like, Oh, you can't do your job. So you could get another job. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like, right. I'm, it's not about money. It's like, I could, it's okay for me not to have any money, but I can't. Uh, that's it's not my job it's me like I think yeah. can you explain that how what it means for something to be your destiny and just like because I believe that that's manifesting like I believe you're manifesting your dreams um, yeah but like how you're just did you always just know or have you is it a like a process that you're learning or can you talk about that yeah well, I, mean, I guess first I would I would address you know I'm I I've always had a job, and that's just necessary because you got to got to pay your bills. And I've never had any point until just recently, at least, even been close to being able to live off of the money I make doing what I feel I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Right. You know? I mean, I'm I'm starting to get close to that point now, but I still have a job, and uh, it's it's not like I have always just been thinking, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. It's become clearer as the years have gone on. Oh. 
but it's not, it's not something that I've stopped doing. I, I've always had the drive to do it. Right. And I, you know, I don't, it's not something I sit around and think about, you know, why am I doing this? Okay, it's cool. just normal. I say, I'm supposed <laughs> to be writing. The songs are in my head. I have to admit, write them. I have to record them because they're there. I'm supposed to be making videos. I'm supposed to be, because I've always had knowledge and information about things that most people don't bother taking any kind of notice of is how yeah. I feel about it. And I, I want people to know about things. And, you know, before I had a way to just reach people on the internet, which, you know, I, this is really different from when I was younger. There was no way to do that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I would try to tell people about stuff, you know, you know, I would have some acquaintance or something, or I'd be out at dinner or somebody would, They'd say, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this. And I'd say, oh, wait, I got to tell you, you know, this is, I have, a, I have some information about that. People never really seemed, you know, to really care what I was saying. And I feel like it's like, because those weren't the, that wasn't my audience. Right. And the people are out there. It's just no way to reach them before. And now it's very easy to reach them. And they, I can't find them. They have to find me. Right. And it takes a lot of time. So that's why it's taken me most of my life to get to the point where I'm actually um, able to um, share yeah. all the stuff that I've been able to come up with, you know, make and 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 uh, archive and all this stuff that people are really into now, especially because, you know, I saved a lot of stuff from when I was younger and most people didn't save anything. So now yeah. it's like a real trip for them to, to see that stuff again. Yeah, well, it's so... Have. It's so important. I think, I guess it's just that like a lot of people, a lot of people wait for the time to be right before they do anything. So it's, that's what's so heroic about you is that you didn't, there, the time is now and you knew that and you took initiative and you did stuff and you do it every day and you're, you didn't wait for, oh, like I have a bigger audience, you know, it's just, I think you should really yeah. just sit and feel so good about that fact that you um, didn't wait for the time to be right. You just did it because you knew you had to. And I, I think that that's a really important message. <laughs> I always say that a lot of people are, they really do wait for everything, to, all the planets to align for them and everything will be perfect. And if you do that, you might never do anything. You really just have to say, I'm going to go for it. I got I to gotta do this now because you don't know what tomorrow's going to be like and you just need to make it happen for yourself. And, and I've had to wait a long time to get to the point where, you know, I really felt like anybody was paying attention, but I, I always feel like that's part of being an outsider, which I've always been, whether I was an outsider in school among my friends or an outsider in the music community or an outsider on the internet, I'm still an outsider everywhere because I've been doing this a really long time and just because nobody cared or acted interested, that wasn't going to stop me. You know, I, I yeah. feel like a lot of people after a year or two and nobody cares, they just say I'm giving up. And I, that's part of what makes me an outsider from everything is that I refuse to stop. Hi everybody. If you like this podcast or just like being nice, please subscribe, like, and save this episode. If you like being really, really, really nice, check out our Patreon page where you will find a veritable breeding ground for cool and secret podcasts and Death Valley Girls content. It's probably Death Valley Girls at Patreon. Something like that. Thank you.
Yeah, that's and that's that's also what makes you a hero. Um, and I guess just one thing that uh, you said before that I'm interested in is, um, or interested in discussing a little bit further is you said that all the songs are, or you have songs in your head uh, yeah. and you get them out. Can you, can you talk about that? Like what, cause I, I mean, I write songs and I have, I know how it happens for me, but I'm curious how that happens for you and how it goes from like um, there being no song so there being a song in your head to then it being, you know, wherever it goes. Like, yeah. can you talk about your sure. <laughs> experience? <laughs> it's kind of changed over the years a lot, I guess. When I was younger, when I was a teenager, when I started writing songs. Uh, I think I, normally, though, it, it usually just starts with me just singing, coming up with something just comes into my head. And it's usually just inspired by something happening around me I hear, or I hear somebody say something or, or here's somebody say something in a movie or, or something I read in a book or whatever. It's just so it's words. Yeah. It's usually words that inspire me or some that weird, some, some activity happening. It doesn't have to actually be anything out of the ordinary because I actually write a lot of songs when I'm in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> a lot of times about either peeing or pooping and I don't really, you know, I have probably more songs about peeping and poop, pooping, peeping and pooping. <laughs> Let me try that again. I probably have more songs about peeing and pooping than most musicians, but I still like, there's probably a hundred that I haven't finished wow. writing because that's not like something that I want to continually write songs about constantly. Right. But so, the, <laughs> there's a demographic for that because I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much for that. Also, like all kids, um, that's something they have to learn about. So those songs are very valuable. Like little kids need to know that that's okay. Cause they're like my nephews, sorry guys, but they were like, they didn't like learning how to do that in the toilet, you know? Yeah. So yeah. You're onto something very important for sure. <laughs> I mean, you're losing some part of convenience when you have to quit doing it in your diaper. You know? Yeah. But so, I, I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, it can be anything just as simple as that, just being in the bathroom. But I tend to just start singing about whatever I'm doing, like something I'm just doing around the house. I start yeah. singing about it and as mundane as it might be. So a lot of times that just inspires me and, to write songs. And then do you write that down or what's the next step after the song comes? Usually I'll uh, either write it down or most of the time though, the melody is already there. Right. Because I'm just singing it. So I usually have to get a tape recorder out because I don't want to forget the melody because that's usually the hook right so i you, listen to this you go sorry go ahead. oh no i'm so sorry uh you still use a tape recorder oh yeah uh -huh. okay and i uh i don't know what i was saying anyway oh i'm sorry that's okay so a lot of times though it comes to me i get a lot of ideas right as i'm trying to fall asleep or right when i'm waking up like when my brain is still kind of not fully conscious right or sometimes even when i'm completely asleep and i'm dreaming i'll have a song in the dream and i'll wake up like a lot of times there's like a whole chorus in the dream like my song pot of macaroni that that chorus came to be in a dream so and you woke yourself up or what's i woke up from the dream during when the after the when the song was being sung and then i got my tape recorder out and sang it in that's a really really cool skill because it took me yeah. a while to learn how to wake myself up if i have a good idea that's yeah. so cool 
I, that's like a real cool skill. Congratulations. Well, thanks. I wish it was, I wish it was foolproof. I wish I could do it every time. I've lost a lot of good songs that way. I figure like being in the car driving, I can't like sing it in the, I mean, I, I figure I've lost thousands and thousands of songs at this point, but what can <laughs> you do? You can't remember all of them. Yeah. So I, I usually um, start off with that. I usually have like a catchy chorus. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. I was going to say that I think I, you know, when I was real little, I, I was listening to the Beatles because my dad listened to the Beatles and the Beatles had a cartoon on in the, in the seventies on TV. It was on, you know, during like kids TV hours in the afternoon or the morning. So I watched the Beatles cartoon. So I got all these Beatles songs kind of in my brain from back when I was only like five years old. And I feel like that uh, hearing all those really catchy hooks, I feel like that's kind of really influenced my songwriting because I, I tend to write a lot of really catchy choruses. Yeah, for sure you do. Yeah, I know well, what you I'll come mean. up with those first. That's so cool. And then do you like sit on it or, or do you have to yeah. get it out immediately or how do you? I usually sit on it for quite a while, okay. years. And then when I say, okay, I'm ready to make an album now or I have time to work oh. on the album now. Then I listen to the tapes and I'll pick out all of the stuff that I think is the best or maybe something like from a couple of years before that when I was working on my last album that I wasn't ready for yet. And I say, oh, I'm, I'm ready for that one now. That's so or whatever. Cool. I pick out the stuff that I think is is fun or be easier to write because I don't like a lot of hard work. And yeah. then I sit down <laughs> and I, uh, I start, you know, trying to figure out what the songs are about. Yeah. And and my creative writing teacher back in high school told me to always write songs about what you know about or not songs, but just writing in general to yeah. write what you know about yeah. and don't try to start writing things you don't know. So I've always used that as my songwriting angle. So I don't try to like, I have a song called we love computers and I didn't even own a computer when I wrote that song. Yeah. And that was back in 2004. The last time I used a computer was in the eighties. So I wrote the song about the computers in the 80s that I'd grown up using because that's, that's what cool. I knew about, you know, yeah. that's what that's the easiest way to do it. If I'm really stuck, it's something I really don't know much about at all. I just go on Wikipedia and see what what it is, what it is, what's it about? Like, like I have a song called Going to See Enya and I didn't really know anything about Enya. <laughs> so but it's just I came up with the chorus first, you know, yeah. so I said, OK, I just go on Wikipedia and read a little bit about Enya and see you know, what, wow. she's, what she does. And then I use that, that knowledge that I had gotten to That's finish so writing cool. the song. Yeah. She's kind of like you. And well, she's not like you, but she, she, I think she's never like played out. Like she's all just about her content and her music. Like she doesn't play shows. That's what the song ended up being about. Oh, cool. No the way. The song started wow. out, the song was about going to see any, and it was about going to see her live. Then when I looked up her oh. Wikipedia, I found out that she never played live. Yeah. So then that's what the song became about. It was about a guy who wanted to go see Enya perform and then was very distressed to find out that she didn't do that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. So yeah. but cool. I, mean, I played I play live all the time, but yeah. I, I I don't know which one which which I like better. I really miss performing in front of people though. Yeah. Uh, my band has our first show in over 18 months this weekend. Oh, no way. Awesome. And I'm a little nervous about it. Really? It's been so long since I've done it. So. Yeah. Well, 
I'm sure it's going to feel so good. We haven't played either, but I actually did want to say if we ever go through Pittsburgh, can we play with you? That'd be cool. Like, do you like playing with out of town bands? Yeah. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I haven't set up shows in a very long time because it's, it's just been very um, frustrating to get anyone to come. I don't really have a very good following here in Pittsburgh. That's crazy. In my opinion. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I mean, I, when I play out of town, there's always a lot of people come to see me. Oh, that's cool. More than when I play in Pittsburgh. So cool. I don't play in Pittsburgh that much, but, um, yeah. and most of the venues, unfortunately, have closed down. Oh, um, no. Some of, of them right before the pandemic. Oh, really? For various reasons, yeah. And oh. then most of the rest of them closed during the pandemic. Oh, no. There's not very many places left to play here. That sucks. Which is crazy. I, I heard that, that you can't even get a show here until next year. No, nobody could even get a show in Pittsburgh until next year because all the venues that are left are completely booked. Up for the rest. Oh, <laughs> Because well, there's so many bands in Pittsburgh. There's so many bands, but there's nowhere left to play. That's, cr that's who knew? Like all the fallout of this whole thing is just, it's mind blowing. But at least... For a second, I thought you meant like there's no shows in Pittsburgh till next year. And I was like, the people need music. Oh, no. Yeah, people there's shows. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, if you come out here, then you could play with us here. Um, that'd be cool. But so. So. So you just so you just go with the flow like you just go when like you record when things come and then um, and I'm sorry, I don't know this, but I know you play with a band or you have a band, but do you record everything uh, yourself, like engineer it and play the instrument and everything? Or how do you do that? Yeah, I do everything. I, wow. I did one album with my band that we did because I wanted to actually get somebody outside to engineer it and record it and yeah. get people who could play better than I do. Uh, <laughs> on the album because I wanted to have an album that really sounded really good. Yeah. And so that's what, why that happened. But I generally do everything myself. I started, oh, excuse me, I started doing everything myself because I couldn't find other people, reliable people right. to play. And so I just would always do it, everything on my own because it's, it's always hard finding people who are scheduling. It's hard. And Tell me about everything. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I'm going to do it all myself. And pretty much did do it that way over the years and then I had to learn how to play everything because of that I had to learn teach myself to play the drums teach myself to play keyboards See, again that is so cool because like someone like me or most people I think when you find like a roadblock you stop not I learn drums I learn this I learned that that's amazing so so cool that you just don't stop when something is difficult you know? well i always say you know there's got to be a way around it and i usually can find it <laughs> if i have really exhausted everything i don't keep banging my head against the wall i say okay this is not something that i'm supposed to be doing right it's not something that that weird paul has any business doing and i'm just going <laughs> to find somebody else yeah who knows what they're doing to do it for me because i believe there are things and i'm talking now you can even go outside of like creating an art and stuff like that. If I need somebody, if I need the plumbing fixed, I, I have no business doing that. <laughs> I tried and it's not a good, not a good thing. So yeah. I'm going to hire a plumber to do it. I have to. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like 
it's it's good that I taught myself to to play all the instruments I play and everything because I've been able to make up my own little style and I've stumbled across a lot of accidental stuff you know that a professional musician would say oh that's wrong why are you doing it that way <laughs> and it's but it's special it sounds kind of neat and it's yeah. I like it and and other people think it's cool too so I don't care that it's not correct you know what right. I mean I'm glad yeah. that I aside from the fact that I can't always play everything the way I hear things in my head sometimes I'll hear drum parts in my head and I'll be like I can't play that there's just no yeah. way um that's that's frustrating to me but you know I've, over the years I've gotten closer and closer and you know when I started out the music I put out sounded not so much like what I heard up in my head you know and it's been like steadily getting a little better and every yeah. time I put out another album I say this is the closest it's gotten yet it sounds so, cool. you know, so much closer to the what I want everyone to hear it sounding like that's so cool that's that's so cool to be able to do that and get closer to your sound. I feel like um, I like all of our records are pretty much improvised for the most part. Like there's not like a set structure to it. And I love the way that sounds like all wild and free and yeah, weird awesome. and like, yeah, all of those things that are mistakes, I think are the whole point of everything is it's like, that's what's cool about it, you know? Um, just how one little mistake could change everything you do it it, it can influence a, a complete move yeah. into something even cooler so totally but you said um like you said that um there that when you hit a block you keep going uh i can't remember exactly what you said or how you said it but is that a lesson you learned or is that something that like you're, the way you were brought up or just like keep going until you you realize like that's not for weird Paul, that's for someone else. Like how did you? I think it's born mostly out of being living below the poverty level okay. for so long because yeah. I couldn't afford to have anybody, you know, fix something broken or I couldn't afford to have somebody produce my music. Yeah. Or whatever. So I had to just try my best and you know occasionally i could figure something out i can make it work it also applies to the fact that i can't afford new equipment i, right. I can't afford a new camera that's why i've always filmed with a camcorder you know from the 80s or 90s that's what i've been filming with my whole life even now i live stream with a 90s camcorder oh, on wow. twitch because you know, that's what i've had that's what i have to use i just can't go out and buy the newest camera like a lot of people say oh, i'm not going to start live streaming until i buy the best camera i can get right. well good for you i don't know when you're <laughs> going to start then but yeah, yeah, yeah. i i plug in my camcorder and i started streaming you know and wow. i mean now i've gotten to the point where if something just totally died like one of my laptops i i'd say okay i can afford to go buy a new one because it's an emergency and i need it i'm lucky you know that things are starting to um, improve for me enough yeah. that, like, that i can do that but i've spent most of my life just you know being lucky to eat right and <laughs> it but do you feel like and maybe you don't want to answer this but do you it seems like i understand things are hard and and reality is real but it seems like you're living the dream and you're living your dream like would do you think it would be a lot different if money didn't exist like the way you do stuff oh yeah i'm sure it would because <laughs> I could just concentrate on doing my art all the time, you know. Like today, I went, 
had to go out to uh, get some groceries, and then I'd come home and do like you know three three days worth of dishes that had piled up in the sink. Yeah, and uh, you know I emailed um, the people at the show I'm playing this weekend to give them you know our band information, and then I had to email my band and tell them what time they had to be there. So most of what I've done today has all been you know dumb stuff and work yeah. when I could have been making music videos, doing social media posts, working right. on a new album. I haven't been able to do any of that. And, you know, I just really, you know, when I'm at my job or whatever, I just, I'm thinking, oh boy, I wish I could work on my album now. I wish I could be making that video that I've been wanting to make. You know, right. I've had, I've been wanting to make a video about Daniel Johnston since even before he died. Oh, wow. I was going to ask you about, about how I met him and how I learned about his music and, and everything. And uh, I still haven't had time to do it. And it's just number one priority in my life is always pay the bills, make sure I have the bills paid, you know, and even last year, even early last year, it was, it's like the last day of the month. And I'm like, oh, geez, I still need $8, you know, to cover the bills this month. So, and that was pretty much every month, you know, of my life. And, you know, luckily I don't have that to worry about. At least now I have the, the security of knowing that my bills are covered, so I don't have to just constantly fixate on thinking about that every day. I, I can actually start trying to make more content and everything. So I'm glad that uh, to get that off my back. And yeah. It's still a challenge, though, finding the time. I mean, I wanted to start working on a new album earlier this year, and I haven't done anything yet. I haven't, aside from a couple songs, I woke up, you know, with most of a full song in my head today. The other day so oh, okay. that's pretty cool you know yeah like, okay well, that one's pretty much already done just have to record <laughs> well that's so cool so do you have i mean i've just noticed though like you keep on because i follow you and all the different social media stuff that i have it seems like your numbers just keep on popping off like um is there like is there like where, what, what can we do to help you pop off so that you don't have to work or worry about nothing anymore? I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be comfortable even quitting my job, even if, you know, I was at the point where I said, oh, I'm covering everything. Everything's cool. Only because you don't know what's going to happen yeah. next month. All of my, most of my income is based on what people want to do to support me that month. Yeah. So it could all end next month and then I, I wouldn't have a job. So I need to get to the point where I have some kind of endorsement deal. Okay. Somebody like for okay. whether it's BC rich guitars or, okay. or, you know, Skippy peanut butter or whatever. Okay. I need some kind of endorsement deal. So I okay. have, so I have money. That's what right. happen. And because I'm actually starting to get somewhere number wise, it's more of a reality now because yeah. the more follows you have, the more influence you have and the more that companies are willing to take a look at you yeah. if you have a sort of brand already, which I do. So it's just that, you know, I'm still not quite there. I'm getting really close though. I feel like yeah. because I, my YouTube subscribers are starting to really go up and I got verified on, on some of my accounts. The only thing that really is bad is uh, Instagram. I, I figured out that I've lost, I think, 15,000 Instagram followers in the last year and a half. 15,000? So, 15,000. I think that's how many we have. What happened? Did you? Oh, I mean, it's just a lot of um, people are fickle, especially young people. And yeah. if you post anything that they don't like or that isn't like 
the thing that they followed you for, then they unfollow you. Yeah, so, well, I that's they're all just different games. That's the way I think about it. And like, yeah, they are. Yeah, Instagram is a weird one, but I'm not really worried about the followers now that I got verified. It, it doesn't yeah. seem to matter anymore. But it's just that the numbers have to be high for anybody who there's people out there with money. There's the haves and the have-nots, and a lot of the haves have a lot of influence and have money that's going to go somewhere. So if you can show them that if they give you their money, that you're going to be able to help them somehow, then that's, that, that's how you are able to make it. That's how you're able to be successful. Totally. Well, I want to help you make it because I, you deserve it and you earned it and you're cool and you're a hero. Um, you to say. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's not even, I'm not even being nice yet, but uh, so can you tell <laughs> Um, we, we actually got to be Daniel Johnson's backing band for a show. That's um, very cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so we got to meet him and he's so funny and, uh, we got to oh. rehearse with him. And so we got to spend a little bit of time with him and get to know him a very little bit, but can you tell your Daniel Johnston story? Yeah. Uh, you know, I started listening to Daniel Johnston. I think it was in 89. That was a little late to the game, but definitely Definitely on the truck way before most people. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, there's like a lot of stuff in my life, you know, a lot of crazy things, but I'm not going to talk about all that right now. I'll just cut right to when I met him. So I went to Philadelphia in 2001 because they said he was going to be playing there. They had an art gallery show for some of his drawings. And this is before the movie came out. So the place wasn't even completely packed with people or anything. There were a lot of people there, but it wasn't like it would have been after the movie came out. You know, I got to open for him twice. Oh, wow. Cool. In Pittsburgh here. And once the movie came out, nobody could even afford to book him. So I drove to Philadelphia because I'd never seen him before. And he um, was in the basement. Like that was like his little green room or whatever. And no one else was there. I got there. basically it even started so i was just down in the basement with him for like 45 minutes and we wow. were just talking about his music and took some pictures and the thing i really remember is that he uh, had a bag of comic books and he spilled his ice water all over them oh, no. and he was really upset about that oh, no. but he only did three songs because they said he, he knew he wasn't getting paid because it was a art gallery opening right you know, he was only there to play because he was trying to get people there to buy his art so he only did three songs because he wasn't getting any money. So Do you remember that, which songs? Well, one was Casper the Friendly Ghost. Cool. But the other two were like newer songs. Oh, and okay. I, I'm not even sure if they had been released yet. That's so cool, though. He, he uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. I lost my train of That's okay. Does anyway, he... it was really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. You got to meet him and everything. He's, we had a, yeah, we went out to dinner with him afterwards, the show. We went to this restaurant and nice. uh, he he ordered a basket of fried shrimp, even though that didn't exist at the restaurant. But it was just really like we were everyone was like, Shit, like, should we go somewhere else and get it for him? Like he just really, really That's wants wanted. fried shrimp. Yeah. And it's like, get the man what he wants. But uh, yeah. who who else? Like, I guess. Uh, the Beatles are your influence. He's your yep. influence. Who else is? Who else are you influenced by? Uh, well, very sure early on, Steve Martin was one of my first influences, definitely. That's so cool. 
I grew up watching all kinds of comedians on TV. I'd watch a lot of comedians. And but Steve Martin was the, the first one where I, I said, this guy's really funny in a different way than all these other people that I watched. They're like, I was watching stuff like Marx Brothers and Bob Hope cool. when I was a kid. And Steve yeah. Martin was younger and he, he had this sort of nonsensical kind of a comedy that really, <laughs> yeah. that really appealed to me. I liked how it didn't always make so much sense. And that, that was definitely a big influence on me. And then I started um, watching David Letterman cool. in the mid 80s. And that was another really big, he was another really big influence on me. Uh, and then as far as music, it was Weird Al was the first thing that I started listening to a lot of, which is how I got the name Weird Paul. Yeah. Have you ever met him or seen him? Live? Yeah, I, I did. I, I saw him live in 1984. Wow. Was the first time I saw him. Yeah. And he only had three albums out at that point. So it, he didn't even have that much material to choose from. Yeah. Um, and I saw him a few more times over the years. And I did meet him. I did get to meet him in 2017, I think it was. Wow. Finally met him and got his autograph. And I had a picture of him in 1984 that I took at that show. <laughs> I took up and I put it down. His yeah. eyes were like, whoa. Because he was like, couldn't believe I had a photograph of him from that show in 1984. That's so cool. Yeah, that's so yeah. exciting. Photographic evidence. That's awesome. Um, and I guess just one more thing is like, I just, I, I again have to just stress is like, um, sometimes when I listen to ACDC and I hear Bon Scott, I think to myself like, he could have just as easily been like, I can't sing. I'm bad at singing, you know, but like, and, or someone could have told him that and he could have stopped because his voice is unusual, doesn't sound like anything else. And like, you know, but to me, he's like the best singer and I love it. And I guess it's just for you too. It's like what you do is so special. Um, but it, there's something in you that just knows that that's what you're supposed to do. And I guess, I, I guess I just had to bring it up again. I just think it's so cool. And so that's what a hero is. A hero is someone that just does it because they know they're supposed to. Yeah, there was never any question for me whether or not I could sing or not. Yeah. That wasn't even something that entered my head. I just said, oh, this band, Bruce Springsteen just put out an album. I can do that, too. Yeah, no, I, I totally. Get a tape and record it. And I, I still think that it's no less important. Any of my albums are no less important than anything ever, you two ever put out. I have put out my music in the exact same era that they put out their music. And it's all there. And, and I'm one of their contemporaries. And yeah. it, it doesn't matter how it was recorded or what the songs sound like. I have, I believe, I don't, I haven't listened to every U2 song, but there's at least one U2 song that's worse than one of my best songs. I'm is gonna, how I feel about it. Some people would say, you're crazy, but no, that's absolutely the truth. Anybody uh, who is intelligent could tell you that that's true. It's a thousand, I can actually think of a lot of examples of songs of yours that are better than songs of theirs. But I guess it's just, I lived, <laughs> I lived in fear of singing. Uh, like I had stage fright and I couldn't oh, sing. I did too. Yeah. yeah, just like, but I could never let my voice be heard because um, I judged it. So I just think just really so proud of you for um, a person that creates without judgment and is prolific and their content is rad. It just should be should be celebrated among all the lands. And I, I hope you, I, I know, I believe my definition of success, you've surpassed that times a thousand, but I wish you all the success of, of anyone's definition. 
And I hope that that comes to you super, super soon. And I, I just want to thank you so much for being you and doing what you do. And I hope everything just keeps getting easier and more fun for the rest of your life. <laughs> thank you. You're very nice. <laughs> um, is there anything, one, is there anything coming up that you would like to tell these humans? And then also, where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm, I can't think of anything specific. A lot of times there's something interesting coming up. You know, I had like when that movie came out about me or, or I have a new album coming out, but I don't really have anything extremely interesting happening right now. It's just that I am live streaming, which I started doing about a year ago. And that's kind of my, that's almost my job at this point. And, cool. uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to interact with people in real time, which I never could have done back when I started doing all this. It's crazy to think what it would have been like if I had been a teenager and been able to, you know, totally. reach everybody. Back yeah. then. But, uh, yeah, I, I do my live streaming on Twitch, Weird Paul on Twitch, and I, I, I do a bunch of songs. I talk about um, whatever uh, I did on that day back in the past. I go back and whatever, whatever the date is, I go back and, and show everything cool. that pertained to my life on that day. And uh, we have a lot of fun on my live streams on Twitch. So that's, that's my main thing right now. Super cool. So I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll attach all that, all those links and stuff. But I guess that just, I have to ask, like, if this if you were a teenager right now like what do you think would happen to future paul like if you just started if you were 13 right now with this kind of technology what do you think you'd be doing later just do you just have like twice as much content or what do you even think yeah i don't know it's so hard to <laughs> it's so hard to even consider that what 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 the how, how, how different it would be. But uh, I feel like, I mean, I went through a lot. It, it, I, all I could say is I went through a lot of hard times in my life, you know, with uh, uh, depression and, you know, just really feeling alone and not having any friends and, and no one to talk to. And uh, I, I feel like that would have been the main difference is that I would have been able to reach the people that would have understood yeah. And I wouldn't have gone down all those um, wrong roads that I went down in my life that, that uh, took up most of my time. I'm, I figure, though, you have to live most of your life to get to the point where you know what, what you're doing. You're doing it correctly, you know. And I figure maybe when I hit 40, uh, things started to get a little, little better for me in that way. And, and now I'm 50, so I still have a little bit of my life left to, to uh, try to live yeah do it right well i i i understand i've i've suffered from lots of uh mental illness in my life and stuff like that but i think you're you doing what you're doing is reaching so many people that are struggling and it's so it's so cool that is that is one good thing is i get a lot of feedback from telling people people telling me that i really helped them a lot and that makes yeah. me feel really good because i feel like i'm having a real positive impact yeah and especially because I, I say, oh, I was there. I knew what that was like. I'm really glad that I, I, I could help somebody. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for helping us and so many people. Um, uh, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.